Welcome to the I Fired My Boss Franchise Podcast. My name is Dan Claps, founder and CEO of Franchise Playbook, a franchisor platform where we create, own, and operate dynamic franchise brands in the mobile services space. My life's goal is to help people just like you fire their boss and become a business owner. And I'm Christian Dadalak, top franchise consultant and co-founder of Real Franchising, a leading franchise consulting firm. And together, we're on a mission to help people fire their boss, hire themselves, and live the American dream through franchise ownership. What is going on, franchise fam? Christian Dadalak here, co-host of the I Fired My Boss Franchise Podcast. Welcome to another episode. Today is a solo episode. No Dan Claps today, just going to be me. And I wanted to talk about a quick story that happened to me as a franchise advisor. Not that happened to me, but that happened in the course of me doing business. And I thought that it was something that is, is helpful to hear. And it's a story of a candidate I was working with who was moving pretty far with a specific franchise. And I won't name the brand, but it's a fantastic opportunity. It's in the youth enrichment space. And ultimately, just getting down to the brass tacks of it, my candidate had gone through every step of the process, learned about the opportunity, had studied the unit economics, played with the unit economics workbook, received the franchise disclosure document, gone through the franchise disclosure document, talked to franchisees, hopped on leadership calls, and I coached him through this entire process. And I think, and he went to confirmation day, did all those things, right? So confirmation day, sometimes called discovery day, meet the team day. So that's the, for those of you that maybe aren't as familiar, that is the, uh, the final stage in the franchise exploration process. And you shouldn't be going to confirmation day. At least my perspective is you shouldn't be going to confirmation day until you're about 90% sure that you've identified the right franchise opportunity for you. It's not something where you're going to it to just learn more information. You really shouldn't be learning a ton of new stuff there. Maybe you learn things on a deeper level, but the purpose of confirmation day is to confirm what you've already learned. That's why a lot of franchisors have started to use the term confirmation day over discovery day because you really shouldn't be discovering a ton of new stuff. The only thing you really should be discovering is whether or not you really want to be in business with these people and you feel like they're truly going to have your back, going to support you and all that sort of thing. So anyway, I digress, but wanted to let uh, the audience know for those of you that maybe aren't familiar with that term, understand what that that is. So confirmation day, my client was thinking, yeah, I mean, I think I'm around 85, 90% of the way there. And so he attended, he did it. And just through the validation phase, a lot of what he was hearing was, from franchisees, validation, meaning that's the stage when you get to speak to franchisees and get a sense of what their experience has been like. And that's always going to be the best kind of data that you could possibly get. Because of course, the franchisors are going to tell you that the opportunity is amazing. Um, You can do so well. It's going to be a fun business, blah, blah, blah. And it's not that they're deceiving you, but they're going to put some rose-colored glasses on you so that everything looks pretty and nice and dandy. And the reality is there's always going to be challenges and not every franchise is the right fit for every person. And that could be for financial reasons. That's a an obvious disqualifier. But then also could be skills. And with my candidate, I think what he and I had discovered was he could have 
succeeded. I think that ultimately he could have made it happen, but it would have been an uphill battle for him because the skills necessary to succeed in a business like this require sales skills. And not necessarily where you're a, a trained professional salesperson, but you're not afraid to go out there and build relationships. If you were to walk into a business or talk to parents or schools or whatever the case is, you're happy to do that. You don't, maybe you get a little nervous, but it's not a debilitating sense of nervousness. And you can go in there day after day, month in and month out and go in and build those relationships so that you can drive your business forward and and do business development. And this just happened to be a franchise that required a lot of grassroots marketing, aka business development, aka cold calling, in a sense, introducing yourself. And it's not a you know, it's not like cold calling people over the phone and trying to sell them insurance or anything. It's a much more receptive type of of offering, especially when you're not really asking the schools or businesses for the youth enrichment. You're not asking them to put money in themselves. It's all parent paid. But still, it just ended up not being the right fit for my candidate because he didn't really have much of a sales background. He was a financial analyst kind of guy. Now, typically, that wasn't a brand that I would have recommended to him in the first place, but he likes the idea of working with kids. He likes a particular sport that this brand was centered around. He had a background in playing it. I think he quickly realized that just because you like the sport doesn't mean you're necessarily equipped or that it's a good fit for you to run that type of business. Totally different ballgame. Playing a sport versus running a business having to do with that sport, completely different. Who would have thought, right? But but that's the reality. And so I think it's important for people to understand that just because you would be a customer of a brand doesn't mean that it's going to be the right fit for you as a business. Do you have the skills necessary to make that business work, to make it successful, to drive it forward? On the flip side, I would also encourage people to think, well, hey, just because I wouldn't be a customer of this franchise or this particular type of business doesn't necessarily mean that the business opportunity isn't for you either. Because maybe you have the skills necessary to make that business work. Don't shop with your own wallet. Think about it in business terms. Go in there when you're looking at franchises. For those of you that are actively exploring and looking into franchise opportunities, be agnostic. Start from a place of being industry agnostic. Don't go in there with, maybe you have a couple of industries that you have some interest in and would like to learn more about. That's completely fine. But I would say don't completely poo-poo or shut off from other opportunities just because you wouldn't necessarily be a customer or because you have some preconceived notion about what it's like to be in that industry or what that industry is like. For example, a lot of people will say, well, gosh, painting or home services or this or that. I mean, that must be so competitive. And that's not really an industry I want to be in. And they might shoot it down for a lot of other reasons as well. I don't have painting experience. I don't get excited about it. I'm not passionate about it. Okay. I get that. I can certainly appreciate that. (laughs) But what can a franchise offer you What can the right kind of franchise offer you to stand out in that market? I mean, again, I was on a a brand launch call this morning learning about a new home services franchise that I think is fantastic. And 
they brought up what a lot of us know as franchise advisors in the industry. We know that home services typically as an industry, yeah, people in many cases kind of have a sour taste in the mouth of home services companies because oftentimes they're local mom and pops. It's a chuck in a truck. He doesn't show up on time. He's smoking a cigarette. There's no branded shirt. It's not professional. He doesn't call you back. Doesn't provide a quality service. Takes forever to get a quote. Takes even longer to get the job done. That's all very typical in home services. And so a lot of people will come to the table with those preconceived notions in mind. And that's a good thing. That provides opportunity. If you have the systems, processes, playbook in place from the franchise that allows you to deliver a better customer experience than all of the rest of the industry who has created that bad taste in the mouth of the consumer, and you just do what you say you're going to do, which is really just doing that alone is going above and beyond in the home services space. That alone helps to set you apart. So I'm going off topic. I'm going on a tangent a little bit, but I think it's important to say that because at the end of the day, just because you're passionate about a certain thing doesn't mean it's the right business for you. And on the flip side, just because you're not passionate about something, at least on the on the surface of it, doesn't mean that it's not a good business for you. Just because you're passionate doesn't mean it is good for you. And just because you're not passionate doesn't mean it's not. Bottom line. And that's why I think people need to be a little more open-minded when they're looking at franchise opportunities because you just don't know. How do you know unless you dig beneath the surface? Give it a shot. You might be saying no to something that is the best damn thing that ever happens to you purely because you have some preconceived notion, some preconceived idea that may or may not be grounded in reality, but you're going to let that idea steer you away from what could be potentially a life-altering opportunity. And going back to what I was originally talking about with my candidate in that story, you might let your passion for something steer you toward a business that really you have no business being involved in. And you might be willing to overlook some things about whether or not you're truly the right fit for the business purely on the basis of, hey, this would be a fun business to be in. I can get excited about it. I love this business. I love, well, I love the, well, I love what the business is about. But passion doesn't equal success, folks. You need, now, you need to be excited about what you do. You need to be excited about your business. You need to love your business. Don't get me wrong, but passion can be learned. I think passion is overrated. Passion can be learned through the business. I don't really personally care about the widget for, for me personally. And I know a lot of people like that, but I know some people do. And some people that, that would, would rather be in a business that, that looks fancy and pretty rather than be in a business that actually builds real wealth. But the widget doesn't necessarily matter. And you could, you could learn passion. You can get excited and passionate about maybe not the industry itself, but maybe over time as you're in that business, you can. But what can you get excited about? Well, the customer service, seeing how excited people get when you do a great job, seeing people, strategic partners, customers, whoever, refer you to other people because you did a great job. That's a great feeling. Having people talk about you in the community, winning awards in your community for giving back and charity and for being a phenomenal leader in your, in your space. 
for building a team and managing great people and giving them jobs and opportunities, mentoring them, seeing people go from just an entry-level employee and growing into management and beyond. That's a great feeling. And I think that's something that many people can get passionate about. Can you? So does it really matter what industry that you get into? Yes, it does. We have to make sure it's a viable industry and that it matches up to your skill set. But that is what is more important than making sure it matches up with your passions or something that's necessarily super sexy. Um, and then letting, again, preconceived ideas steer you away from it. So anyway, going back to my candidate, through the discovery process, we just learned that it's going to be a little bit more of a grind. Now, the nice thing about this business is it's home-based. There's really only one key employee you start with, maybe a couple. And then there's really no marketing expenses either because it's a grassroots business. You're going out there and building relationships in the community. So you really have no fixed costs with this business. The three biggest costs, real estate, labor, marketing, are completely eliminated or reduced. So you don't have a ton of employees and you only need to hire people on for this type of model as you sell programs. So your fixed costs are exceptionally low. And the marketing costs, again, are also very low because it's about building relationships. It's a heavily word of mouth business. So that's all great. Your fixed costs are low. Your overhead is much, much lower than most businesses. Higher profit margins by far, but it's a grind. There's a ramp up period. You have to be, it's a boots on the ground kind of business. And you could put a manager in place, but you need to have the capital to do that as well. And so there's always going to be a trade-off. And I think that's what people need to understand as well. There's never going to be a business that is perfect and checks every single possible box. It's amazing in every single way. And there's never going to be any challenges. To get something, you have to give something up. So to have a model like that with very, very low fixed costs, low marketing costs, low employee labor, no real estate component, yeah, you're going to have to hustle a little bit or, or fire or hire rather, hire somebody that is, that's going to go out there and, and work it at the end of the day. And so ultimately with my candidate, he and I both decided after chatting a little bit, after confirmation day and after he did some additional validation with franchisees and even franchisees and some sister or cousin brands that is owned by this umbrella company. And we realized, yeah, you could hire someone here. It's just going to cost, it's going to, your investment, I should say, is going to be more upfront because you have to pay a salary of somebody that is going to be your business development manager. And ultimately that didn't really align with his goals because the whole reason he wants to start a business is because he's looking to find something that in a relatively short order can you know, replace his income and something he can pour himself into full-time that will have a maybe a quicker ramp up that can reach cash flow positivity quicker. And I think he realized this doesn't do that. This isn't that kind of business. There's a longer ramp up period. And sure, I could hire somebody and then just get a job and have that person do a lot of the the day-to-day -day sort of stuff and business development. And then in my nights and weekends, I could work this thing, but it really defeated the purpose of what his overall goals are. And that's where I said, if this doesn't match your goals and it doesn't match your skill set, then maybe the business doesn't match you, my friend. So we agreed that it's probably not the right fit. And so we decided that, hey, let's let's look at something else. And so 
And sometimes what, what we realize is, hey, franchising isn't the right fit at all. Now, in this case, I think franchising is the right fit for this candidate. I think business ownership can be the right fit for him just with the right franchise model that, again, matches his goals, his skill set. Um, this candidate specifically, um, you know, English isn't his his first language. And so he was also a little, I don't, I guess nervous. You could say nervous and also a little um, embarrassed about going out there and introducing himself to people in the community to to drive business because he wasn't sure, got, are they going to be able to understand me? And how am I going to be received? And so the deeper we got into the process, the more I realized he's nervous and I had asked him and I, one of the homework assignments I gave him through the process, it was, Hey, go introduce yourself to some people, some schools in the area, some, uh, different facilities and see what the reception is like. And he did that. And I, you know, he, he said it went better than he thought it would. But ultimately I think he, he got a little gun shy and realized, look, it, I did it a couple of times. I think it probably took more energy out of him to summon up the courage to do that a couple of times than than he was going to be willing to do on a, a day in and day out basis, at least through the initial ramp up of the business. And so no harm, no foul. I would rather someone not move forward with the franchise than move forward with the, with the wrong fit. And that's the purpose of the franchise discovery process is to figure out, A, is franchising the right fit for me at all? Is business ownership the right fit for me at all? And then B, more specifically, is this specific franchise the right fit for me or not? Uh, and now, look, I, I wish we would have realized that a little bit earlier, but look, it happens. And I would again, I would rather get into the 11th hour with a client and then realize at that moment, I don't think this is going to be the right fit, than then move forward with something and then realize that after they've signed a franchise agreement, after they've paid franchise fees, after they've started to run their business and go through the initial ramp up. And that's one of the things I'm proud of and really excited about being part of the franchise sidekick team is I just get to focus on one thing, which is being a, a great franchise advisor, or at least trying to be. And we have an entire marketing department that helps us to find fantastic possible franchisees. And so I don't have to worry about where I'm going to find my next client from. And I work with quite a few at a time, which means if someone doesn't work out, my bills are still paid. My family still eats. And there's a lot of franchise consultants and advisors out there that they only have a handful of clients and they're doing the entire process from reaching out to people, finding possible people to be franchisees, getting them through the process. I mean, they're, they're managing every single aspect of the business. And believe me, I've done it. It's very time consuming. It's a lot of work. And so for those people, they kind of need their candidates to move forward. And I'm just so lucky and blessed to be in a position where I can tell my candidate, hey, this I don't think this is going to be the right fit, man. And we can move on to something else or end the process entirely. So that's something I'm really proud of. I'm proud. You know, I, I always tell my clients, I'm, I'm going to be more likely to talk you out of buying a franchise than into one. And and that's true. And of course, they don't ever really believe me up front, but but I, I do truly mean that. And so, and this and this was one of those cases where it just wasn't the right fit for him. Didn't match up with his skill sets. Found out it didn't really match up with his goals. Cool, no harm, no foul. And at the start of the new year, in the in the beginning of the early new year, we're going to reengage and see at that point if we can find something that makes a little bit more sense. It's more in alignment with what he's looking for, his goals, et cetera. 
And if it ends up being where he's thinking, you know what, maybe this isn't the right fit at all, completely fine. Completely fine. Again, I, I would rather someone not move forward with a franchise or any franchise than move forward with one that's the wrong fit. So to wrap up here, just wanted to share that story with you guys. So that you first understand a couple of takeaways here. First and foremost, make sure the franchise aligns to your skill set. Make sure it aligns to your goals. Make sure your expectations line up with what the franchise has historically delivered for other franchisees and what the franchisor would be expecting from you. And then another takeaway, obviously, is, again, just because you're excited about a specific type of business, because you can see yourself being the customer or you're already a customer for that type of business, doesn't mean that it's the right fit for you as a business owner, as a franchise owner. So just be aware of that. And then on the flip side, like I mentioned earlier, the other takeaway is just because you don't think that you are the customer, right? I was talking to another candidate the other day who is looking at a beauty business and he's thinking, I mean, yeah, I like the business model, but I just don't know that I can see myself in this space. How it will, how will it be received? And will people have a bad taste in their mouth if it's, you know, a man managing this business? And I'm like, forget all that. And, you know, we could dive into that more on a, on, on a future podcast, I'm sure. But, you know, some of those concerns are legitimate. I get it. But if you like the business model and you have this, the skills to make the business model succeed, those are the main things we should be thinking about and focusing on. And then there's things like, of course, do you want to be in the business of managing a certain type of employee? And these are concerns that we need to address as well. But bottom line, don't write something off because you're not initially passionate about it because you think that just because you're not the customer that it's not a good business or a good business for you. And then just because you are passionate doesn't mean that it is the right business for you. So that's all I have for you guys here today. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the I Fired My Boss franchise podcast. As always, subscribe, leave us an honest review, share with your friends if you got some value out of this. And uh, if you want to be a guest on the I Fired My Boss franchise podcast, shoot us an email at info at ifiredmybosspodcast.com. And uh, we'll see if it makes sense to have you on in the new year. But until then, hope you have a wonderful rest of your day and uh, see you on the next episode. You're f***ing fired. If you want to say those words to your boss, make sure you head on over to ifiredmybosspodcast.com and fill out the form to schedule a no-cost consultation. And if you enjoyed this episode, make sure to subscribe, leave a review, and share with a friend who might also want to fire their boss.